if you don't ask for what you need, you're not going to get it. And so what happens is people assume or have an expectation that like their significant other is just, should just know. They should just know. They should see the world the same way as I do. Like, here I am. You should just love me the way that I want to be loved. But they forget that like, they don't know. Hey guys, welcome to our Soul Fan podcast, where I interview space holders from all over the world. I'm your host, my name is Carolina, and I am the Connection Catalyst. I help spiritual entrepreneurs experience deeper connection with themselves, with others, and with the universe. Today on the show, we have Ty Hunter, the therapist, hypnotherapist, and a coach. Welcome to the show, Ty. How are you doing? Yay! I'm doing wonderful, Carolina. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. You. I'm super... Better. Oh, I'm super, super enthusiastic as well. I can feel your enthusiasm and your joy and your excitement for this chat. And I am excited as well because we really set an intention that this conversation is going to be free flow and, you know, without the themes, maybe just more or less based on our professions, of, of course. But like, it's really, really good to, to set this intention because um, if you said uh, before we started recording that you're a little, a little bit of a perfectionist, then, you know, it's actually really, really good to let go of the whole control and just let <laughs> so the true. Conversation go wherever it uh, it goes. So I'm really curious where it's gonna bring us today. Where this conversation totally is gonna agree. bring us? <laughs> yes, yes. But but one of the really really que uh, questions that are very important for me to ask at the beginning of uh, the free flow is your journey because I'm really curious how people have started to be in this self help healing personal development areas because for everyone is a very different story and there is always the yes. intention behind there is always inspiration why people found themselves on this path so I would love to start with a little bit of a backstory of yours yes um so if I may, because the reason why I came into being a healer, a therapist, a hypnotherapist, um, and I've never shared this publicly, so or, is that okay if I share? Of course, <laughs> everything is okay. This is an authentic podcast. Okay, good, good. So I, my story that I've told myself, like my narrative throughout life has always been like, I don't belong, I'm not accepted. And I have sort of this perpetual fear of rejection. Okay. So I grew up in a really big family and there were seven of us and five kids. And, uh, there's two brothers, two sisters, and I'm number four. And I always felt that I didn't belong. Like I was, I was kind of awkward and quirky and a little bit weird. And in my family, I always felt like I was the odd one out. Like my sisters hung out together and my brothers hung out together. And so that feeling was always there. And um, at school, it was the same thing. So awkward, nerdy, like just sort of like just a nerdy little girl, right? And I remember, and this is sort of what kind of shaped my life. There's a lot of events, obviously, that shape your life. But I remember when I was eight years old, I there was a there was this real, and we all have these, right? I have there's this really popular girl at my school, and I'm not popular. Remember this. <laughs> And she's super popular. She's like a couple years older. And she had invited me to her birthday party. And as you can imagine, that was like huge, right? So, so I, was, I was super, super excited. I like went, this is my day. I'm going to be popular. Like this is, this is going to happen for me. 
And I rushed home and I like told my mom and I knew that I had to bring like a really good expensive gift. I had to like dress to the nines. Like this was, this was my day. I'm going to finally be popular. And in my house, gifts, like expensive gifts were not a thing. Like you put it on, like you put it on a list, like it's your birthday or Christmas. And even if like your birthday was like a year out, you would actually like, it's too bad. Like you got to wait for your birthday, even if the thing's not even, you know, important or popular anymore. Right. So that was not a thing. You didn't get expensive gifts, but I remember I had to get like an expensive Barbie or I had to get an expensive gift for this girl. Cause I had, you know, I have a lot to prove here. I got to have the fancy wrapping. And so I remember my mom saying, like, it's not, like, you don't even know this girl. Like, we're going to go spend 50 bucks on this Barbie or whatever it was. And it was a Barbie, but I don't remember the price, but I remember it was expensive. And my mom said, okay. I said, I'll give up my birthday gift. I don't care. I want to ask for anything for my birthday. This is, like, the most exciting thing. And so we got, <laughs> so we got the Barbie, and we wrapped it, and it was super beautiful wrap, and, like, I had a dress on, and my hair, she curled my hair, my mom curled my hair. And the birthday was at a park. And it was like a couple blocks away. So I didn't want my mom to drop me off. Like I was going to ride my pink bike and I was going to be a big girl and I was going to go because they can't see my mom with me. And I went to the park and there was no one there. So the girls weren't there. I know it's like super sad, right? They weren't there. And you know, when you like have this no, I mean, we talk about the universe, this knowingness, I knew that it wasn't that I had the wrong day, that it wasn't that the time was wrong or the wrong park. I knew that I had been like a joke. Like I was duped. I was pranked. But the topper and the saddest part of all of it is that, um, they, like I was so insignificant and so small and so much of an afterthought for them that they didn't even like show up to laugh. Like they didn't even write, they didn't even show up and think that it was funny or anything. And so because I didn't belong in my family and I already felt like I don't have this acceptance, I sat in the park. Like I literally sat in the park for hours. I didn't cry. I buried the Barbie and I'm like, I'm positive that I buried like my heart with that Barbie. I know. And it was so humiliating for me that I couldn't even bear to go home and like tell my brothers and sisters and my mom that I'm this big loser. And so I remember like protect, like literally making things up in my head and, and just making these things up. Like, I, you know, when I got to the party, like everybody celebrated me. And like, I was, you know, everyone knew my name and they loved my dress and she loved her gift just so I could go home and say those things and never tell anyone that this had happened. And that taught me to keep people at arm's distance. And it taught me to like fear being rejected. And it became the narrative of my life, like this aloneness, this separateness. And when I realized that that was so, like, if I could empower others to have the courage to show up and be accepted and put themselves out there and like empower people to love themselves and know that they belong and that they're not alone, I knew that I could make an impact. 
And that would be my gift to the world and my mission and my purpose to the world was this courage, not only to know that you can show up, but this courage to know that you can show up as you, your authentic self, that there doesn't have to be a story or pretending or mask. And that's how that led me down that road of like becoming a healer and somebody who is very passionate about knowing and allowing people to know that they're not alone. That's like a huge thing for me. So that's a lot, kind of a long story, but it's, it's, very much shaped who I am. <laughs> you can't tell. That's <laughs> <So>. <laughs> really, really nice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Seriously, like I'm all in the story. Like I'm, I'm there. You know, when you're telling the story, I'm like, I'm like really feeling yeah. And I feel how how sad for an eight year old it would be to just be in this kind of situation. And I feel like if we do this work on ourselves, when we go back to childhood traumas and resolve it there and understand what happened to make us feel like that, we can really understand also children that you know for. Ch- for a child, the reality is completely different than for an adult, right? We we think yes. differently, we feel differently, and it's such a massive impact such a situation can have on a on a kid. And I feel like actually it's so nice that you're sharing all that. Um, I have a few questions to you based on this story. Yeah. Like first of all, typology. Uh, um, do you know maybe Enneagram type personality typology? I've heard of it, but I've never actually explored what what mine is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And would you perceive yourself to be artistic or like creative or like sensitive? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, God, mm-hmm, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you it's know, like I used to say it as a bad thing, but now I'm like, it's my superpower. It has to be because it's so, it's so, it's such a thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just because like I'm like, I'm really into the typology of personality and people who listen to my podcast, they probably already know that because I'm like super passionate about it. And from from Aww. your story, it sounds like you have a personality of an artist because for an artist, the biggest belief that they need to go through is I don't belong. And uh, it's pretty mu- pretty interesting how you're telling the story and um, how I recently have been kind of like um, dating the artist as well, this kind of personality and learning how these personalities play out because for me the trauma is the opposite so I need connection so for me the safety is the connection and for an artist the yes. safety is aloneness Alone. right so it's yes. like the opposite uh, thing so that's why like of course I get triggered because we have the opposite trauma so you need space and I need connection and that like is a big disaster right uh, <laughs> but then like we are triggering the fuck out of each other and then we just like uh, resolve it and then we heal and it's it's beautiful and so on uh, but you know like I'm just really <laughs> <laughs> it's true uh, but recently i've been really just exploring this personality because like really and um, for some people even you know other situations that might might have caused this kind of uh pattern it's like for example if a kid moves from one school to the other or one country yeah. to the other and the, you know he yes. doesn't speak or she doesn't speak the language and then it's like a big trauma of like I don't belong I don't even understand what these people uh, talk to me about or simply if someone is bullied as a kid then this this belief of yes. se- separation of like not belonging yes. is formed and this is such a big basis of this kind of personality and I am I'm only understanding when I'm working with artistic people uh, sensitive people how they are actually 
you know, reacting, why it is safer for them to be disconnected from everyone. Because if everyone so, was oh, so yeah. unsafe in their life, then how can they feel safe connecting? But that's usually why they attract me into their life because I'm super connected. <laughs> I'm super like into connection, you know, and I just really want them to yes. feel connected and feel belonging. Like we're going to be friends forever because I'm a loyalist personality yes. type. So it's yes. like, yay, let's be friends forever. Let's just trust each other. But yes, yes. sometimes it just doesn't work because then these kind of personalities actually like because they are so in their own world because they spend most of the times like just being in their own world and they forget yes. to, to text me for a week or two or a month or two and then I'm like come on you don't love me anymore like I need quality time you know and then we, again we have a big disaster but you know usually usually when you understand yourself and you have awareness about your triggers and what heals you then it can be very much resolved but it's pretty interesting because like you said this story and like the uh, the artist has wings of observer and achiever and so within an artist yeah. there is always a, a, a like a trait of neighboring personality and so the the, the observer usually likes to be prepared for everything. Um, it's a very logical yes. personality, like this or that, this or yes. that. And you were saying the story how you, okay, you want to prepare everything. This is going to be like that. And then, and, <laughs> and the and the achiever, on the other hand, is the part that says, okay, I need to feel enough. I need to achieve. I need to achieve approval. I need to be perceived good by everyone. So then when you were creating yes. the story, okay, I'm going to tell them the story that everyone was happy about uh, me coming there and whatever. This is like the achiever yes. taste, you know? So, from the story that's yes. why i'm asking like if you know this personality type because based on the story that you told me i already feel like oh maybe it's a it's a uh, artist with a wing of a little bit of achiever or a little bit of observer yeah. and i and I you know based so. yeah and based on that i can I, that's why i'm asking you are you super empathetic are you super sensitive are you you know very yes. deeply in your yes. emotions because this is what the artists uh, do and i've been really deep yes. exploring this personality because seriously it's probably such an opposite personality to mine that it triggers me the most of probably all of them and there are only yes. nine yes. <laughs> you yes. know but i'm, I'm I'm the opposite. I'm like, let's connect, let's connect, let's connect. And they're like, I need space. I'm like, oh my God, no, my moon <laughs> is triggered now, you know? Yes, <laughs> yes, like, well, freedom, freedom, no. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh no, I'm, I'm escaping from that. Exactly. Yes. But that's why we need to find yes. the perfect balance. Like, I mean, I need yeah. to also accept when someone needs space and be okay with that. And I'm yes. really like, you know, coming yeah. more and more, the more traumas I go through, the more uh, emotional releases because someone is disconnecting from me, I go through, the easier for me is to accept it. And I feel like on the other hand, the, the artists, let's say, or, or other personalities that are more in, in this anxious attachment style when it's like unsafe to be with people they need to also bring yeah. more safety into the connection and then we can meet in the middle like i can be more accepting yes. of this they can be more accepting that i need connection but usually you know what pisses me off the most is that when i'm with this kind of person and my ex-partner was also like that that if he needed space there is no way that he's going to fill my cup with what i need before he gets right. his space right. you know That's and for me it's just so yeah. frustrating because it's like, yes. there's no way my need is going to be met unless his need is met first. Because he cannot give to right. me what I need. He cannot connect to, right. to me before he actually takes space and feels safe within himself and connects to himself. Because usually like these kind of sensitive personalities need to need also space to even figure out what's their 
core towards their need towards their desire because they can be very affected by other people because they are so sensitive right so yes. then they need space yes. to cut off from everyone and be like okay so now i know what i need because now no one is influencing me with their energy and so but for me it's like so frustrating that like i always have to be the one to put my needs like on the side because this other person literally cannot meet it you know before they yes. are actually yeah. filled up themselves yeah do you feel like that's yes. true for you as yeah. well um, I, I can very much be disconnected. I, I do tend to, um, I have to remind myself that I'm safe the majority of the time because I will naturally sort of think into the future of like, is this person really here for me? Does this person really love me? Do they love me for me? And it's not necessary every time, but there is something to be said about the people that are in my life. They've spent a lot of time with me. And so that's really important because I need to see that they're sticking around. So mm -hmm. it's like easier for me because I will keep people at an arm's distance at, at first. And that can be healthy and natural, but there also is the unhealthy aspect of it where I can isolate, I can not talk about my problems. I can feel like I'm, I'm not um, safe to talk about my feelings. And like you said, the needs be met. A lot of that is also feeling, I know with my upbringing, like it's not okay to ask. It's not okay to ask for help. It's not okay to voice what I need. It's not like it's, it's it, things in my house were swept under the rug or swept under the rug. And so that feeling of like, I need to take space. Yes but it's not always totally healthy. Like it's not always like, so what you're doing and, and, but if you feel like you're being forced to talk about your needs or your feelings, yes, there's definitely an aspect of like, okay, whoa, I like now I just, now I feel scared and I'm, I'm, I just have this feeling that you're not going to, you're not going to still want me. And now I'm going to reject you before you reject me. So there's mm -hmm. all kinds of layers and strategies and, you know, whatever it is. And at the end of the day, it's, Everybody does what they do to keep themselves alive and keep safe. And we had these adaptive behaviors as children that are now destructive in adulthood. So it's like that worked when I was young and it kept me safe, but now it's destructive because I'm destroying, maybe I destroy a relationship because I'm not speaking or I'm not, I'm not voicing how I feel about this person. And I think that the, the, the huge thing for you and your partner or who you're dating is that you're aware of it so that you can say, Hey, I really need to feel connected. It's a thing for me. I don't know what's going on. Are you okay? Just let me know you're okay. And like, how much space do you need? You know, it's one of those where you're just very communicative and it is, it's, it's such a practice, isn't it? Like, it's like you're just like, you're just constantly practicing. Like, I have to speak up for myself. I have to tell them that this is what I need. And then I have to listen to what they need. So if they need space, I'm going to take a step back, even though I'm dying because I want to connect with you, but I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to allow that person to be them. And I'm going to be me. And it's sort of that like constant practice of reminding yourself that you're, that you're safe, you're heard, you're loved, you're seen. You know what I mean? mm -hmm. So I, well done, because that's really where the work is, is, is <laughs> that's the only way that we can, because we don't see, right. We, we see life differently. And so you have to do the practice. We're never going to mm -hmm. see life the same. And if you want this beautiful relationship, you just have to be willing to put yourself out there, be vulnerable and communicate 
what it is mm-hmm. that you want and need and also see if they can even deliver. Like sometimes I know that I have to, I have to say to people, I have, you know, sometimes I have some anxieties. It has nothing to do with you, but that means I need to remove myself and get myself back into a grounded state and feel rooted. Again, it's not personal, but I ha- it's embarrassing sometimes to have to say that. But I know in order for that person to not get sensitive and feel like I'm rejecting them, I have to do it. And so it's great that you guys have these conversations. I think that's wonderful. I mean, you know, like I'm all about self-awareness and I'm all about personality types and I know exactly how they work and what kind of traumas they bring up. So for me, it's like, you know, it's very simple, actually, as you say, communication is the key here because, and it doesn't have to be only with personality six and four. It could be with any, let's say, introverted versus extroverted personality or avoidant versus anxious attachment style. It's always, always the same. But for me, for example, if someone tells me, hey, I love you and I really want to connect with you, but right now I'm not able to. I need three days on my own to come back to myself. And after that, I'm super looking forward to connecting with you. Then I'm fine. But the worst thing happens is when there is already trigger and then it's like, bang, disconnection. No word, nothing. And it's like, what the hell just happened? (laughs) We just weren't so connected. And then it's like, you know, that's... That's scary for (laughs) anyone though. Like you can be in any kind of attachment style. And if you go, if someone goes silent, we immediately feel fear because we're not safe. Like we're, it's just like, oh my gosh, that person's abandoning me. I'm not safe. Like, I don't know what's happening. So the communicate, especially when you're new, you really have to do a lot of communication. I think once you start to get into the flow and you trust that person, they've spent time with you, then you understand, okay, this is their thing. I got it. Mm-hmm, so that's, mm-hmm. I think that's the big difference. It's like people have to communicate these things in the very beginning and almost communicate them at nauseam, like they have to actually like speak up over and over and over again. But it's just simply to get to a place where at some point you get it, you understand them, they understand you, you're used to their patterns, and now you guys are in a state of like trust and like belief in in the love for each other. So I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But do you feel like Okay, maybe let me ask in a different way. How did you get from being so afraid of rejection and, you know, so feeling so unsafe to now, I assume, being more willing to connect, even from your vibe, you know, and your openness to connect with me? I can feel like, okay, you're there, you're out yes. there, not hidden, you know, behind the walls anymore. You're yes. actually like out yes. there. So how did you overcome the fear of rejection? And what would you say to people who maybe haven't done it yet? I think fear of rejection is quite normal. And I think that what what healed me was first and foremost, I mean, was seeing the, the reality of the situation. So when you start to see what was happening in your childhood, like that was really powerless and that was really hard. But I thought there's something wrong with me. But when you go back and look at the scene or you look at the, the what's happening there is you understand like there's nothing wrong with me right? At the end of the day, maybe there's something wrong with that girl. That's messed up. Like that's not, that has nothing to do with me. She didn't, it's not about me. This has nothing to do with me. And so you start to go, you start to process that first and foremost, I'm going to forgive myself for being so hard on myself for so long for something that was beyond my control. That's first. So there's that self-forgiveness piece, right? The second is kind of like getting in tune with really sort of allowing yourself to know that you can connect with others and their stories 
are probably similar. Like knowing that you're not alone, like a lot of people feel separate. A lot of people feel alone, but there's something in society that says like, don't talk about that stuff. Don't, don't talk about your shadow. Don't talk about sadness. We just got to be happy all the time. Buy this, do this, get this. You're going to be enough. Don't, don't ever reveal it. And I think the more that I started to go, I have sad days. Yeah. And they're normal. They're like, there's the most natural thing in the world, but because we don't talk about it, we continually feel alone and separate. And so really getting vulnerable with people, telling them my weaknesses, letting people know that, you know what, I have dark days for no reason at all, just cause I don't know why, but they're there and not being ashamed or living in the dark of like, okay, I'm just going to keep this to myself because now I feel like no one understands me. No one loves me. No one's right. And we can do that. But when you actually get brave and you have the courage to speak out and say, Hey, you may not accept me. Cause let's be clear. Like not everyone's going to accept you. Not everyone's going to love you. Not everyone. You're going to get rejected. That's, that's, that's a given, but it's sort of having that courage to finally go, Hey, I like you and I want to spend more time with you and I'm putting myself out there and it's really hard because it's really scary because you could say, nah, right? But just kind of knowing that like, if that person does reject you, you're still safe, you're okay. And perhaps it's, that's the way it's supposed to be. So people will say like God's rejection is God's redirection, which mm -hmm. I love. Because if I get rejected, then it's like, okay, like maybe that person's not for me. Why do I want to be with somebody who doesn't appreciate me, love me anyway? As opposed to just keeping myself segregated and never talking about these things or never being real or vulnerable or saying these things that actually connect us. And unfortunately in society is sort of like, don't talk about these like vulnerable, like vulnerability, Ooh, like don't do that. And so kind of getting into that heart space of like, I'm going to open up and hope that you're going to love me. And if you don't, I'm going to accept it. I'm going to be okay with it. I'm going to know that it's just God's redirecting me to someone else or something else, something bigger, something better for my life. That's how I deal with it. But don't get it wrong. I definitely, uh, I definitely have my moments where I'm like, I have to remind myself, like, it's okay. Not everyone's going to love you. You can be rejected and you're still going to be okay. Because it's still scary. It's like telling that story or free-flowing where I'm like, oh my gosh, I should be so prepared and have everything sound really smart and good enough and better, you know, be the best and all that. And that alone is helpful in my journey to go, you know what? This is how you do your podcast. I love it. I'm going to actually dive in and I'm going to do it anyway, even though it's totally scary for me to just talk and not have a preparation. It's really good for me. So those kinds of things, like getting uncomfortable, getting uncomfortable and seeing that you've survived. So yeah, mm -hmm. big deal. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I resonate with, so much with everything that you're saying, because even if you are rejected, then and even if you feel the fear of rejection, and even if you feel then the sadness that you were rejected, you still can alchemize the sadness and like let yourself feel it to the fullest because then when you can really feel it to the fullest and then maybe even go back to the first time that you felt this way and resolve the childhood trauma that made you feel sad or about rejection right. then it's like another layer of an onion peeled off uh, of you and you can heal both ways you can heal through experiencing the trauma or you can heal through experiencing the opposite right so if you are rejected and you actually feel 
sad because you rejected or whatever, disappointed and so on, you can actually go there. And then the next time it's going to happen, you're not going to have as much emotional charge behind this fact that someone have rejected you. And if you yeah. can experience the, the good things, then you can put yourself out there and then actually the person can accept you, can love you, can not reject you. And then you're going to actually heal through experiencing the good thing, the connection, the love, the oh, approval love and so on. So I feel like in any way, you're going to help yourself because if you put yourself out there, it can go both ways, but both ways can be helpful for you. Either to connect with this person or to experience healing through this connection and through, you know, letting yourself feel all these shitty feelings as well, because like without yeah. letting them out of our body, they will never shift. So of course it would be easier if you could just adopt a belief. Okay. The universe is, has everything best for me. It's not meant for me if this person rejects me and so on. But sometimes we still might have some childhood traumas that tell us, Oh no, it's so scary that I cannot handle this. And then we just need to yes. dive there and we just need to accept this because, you know, especially that for an artist, uh, these kind of personalities, the authenticity is actually one of the biggest lessons, like speaking up for yourself, expressing yourself yes. and so on and it's funny because like usually they don't feel understood but usually they also don't speak so <laughs> it's kind of like okay i'm not understood but you don't say anything how can you be understood right, totally. completely <laughs> you're 100 right no i know yeah it's not and again like we were you were saying it's not logical like it's not that's not a logical conclusion but it's what you're saying it's the it's the the processing of the feelings first and foremost i love that that's really what therapy is about. What hypnotherapy is about is really getting in there and like allowing yourself to feel the feelings and just get the stuck energy out and move forward. So I love that very, very much. Yeah. Mm. And do you feel like in your type of hypnotherapy that you're using RTT and so on, because like I've heard my mom was uh, kind of like questioning today. She was like, and my friend told me that you don't actually have to go to your childhood traumas because some traumas are in your adulthood and then you need to deal with them. And I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, yes, I've had clients where I had to deal with the trauma, for example, when someone found their parent, you know, hanging and committing suicide or something that was like really emotionally like meaningful in the adulthood, but still the core of the trauma, like the grief, the loss, the sadness was in childhood anyway. So we needed to resolve yeah. kind of both of these situations so the childhood one and the further one so my question is like do you feel like we always need to go back to childhood to resolve the core issue and also is it necessary to go to through adult traumas every time or is it just sometimes when the emotional charge is very very big behind the event that happened yes i love that's a great question i think absolutely you always go back to the childhood always the, the rtg hypnotherapy regresses you back so you regress back to your childhood, you understand. So when someone comes in and goes, I have a limiting belief, I, I believe I don't belong, I have a fear of rejection, I'm not enough, there's a majority of I'm not enough, you want to have them go back and understand where it started. Because what happens is what we call an imprint. And so that gets imprinted, there's a big event. So like for me, that birthday party, when I realize like, I'm not loved. I'm not accepted, I'm a joke, I'm, I'm insignificant. These beliefs start. And what happens is you find that imprint, so that's when it starts. You know, I'm sure there's a little events before that, I already felt like I didn't belong in my family. But that's a big, big imprint that's lasting and stays with me. And then the pattern starts to develop where you're proving yourself right over and over. I knew it, 
they don't love me. I'm not accepted. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it because at the end of the day, like I said, when you're a child and you're trying to survive and you're trying to stay alive, it feels like life or death. And you have to then remind yourself, okay, I'm safe. I'm alive. So I'd rather just keep that story so that I'm, that I, that I'm alive. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, yeah. So when you're, when you're going back to the childhood, to understand the root, the cause, the root, the reason for why there's a limiting belief. Like, why does this exist? Understanding it as a child and then going back and understanding it as an adult. Okay, obviously as a child, I had no power. I had no power, I'm helpless. There's nothing I can do about it. As an adult, it's sort of empowering that person to go, okay, well today, as an adult, I can handle that. You know, if I go to, let's say for my own example, I go to a party, no one's there. Like, okay, these people suck. Like, they're not nice. I don't want anything to do with them. Why do I even want to be part of that group? I'm good. And sort of dealing, like knowing that you have the power and the control to be able to deal with it as, as opposed to when you're a child, right? Your child, when you're in trauma, you can't, you cannot deal with that. That's, that's way too much information telling you that you're not safe and that you're not going to survive. Mm -hmm. especially because it's wired. We are hardwired to want to be part of the tribe, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're, we are still in that primitive brain that needs to be part of the tribe to survive. So it's, that's the difference. But yes, I definitely think always go back to the childhood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Perfect. That's what I think as well. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there, lots of different therapists, psychologists that say different things. But I also found that it's required to go to childhood because it's like going to the roots of the problem. So then yes. you kind of pull out the whole uh, plant with the roots, not just cutting the, the branches. You know, that's how I see it anyway. Because like if you go yes. only, okay, what happened yesterday with your husband and this and that. Okay, but the root is there in the kindergarten, <laughs> you know, right. so like it's right. actually really right. not not helping that much. If you don't go to what what happened there and it's so interesting because we create meaning like i feel like another another kind of way yeah. to handle this fear of rejection that we were talking about another way is to kind of change the meaning of how it happens like as you say one of the meaning meaning changes could be like okay the universe has something better for me maybe these people are not aligned for me but like just the meaning of like for example at if at that point you could have a meaning that okay this girl is mean <laughs> rather than She's i horrible. am not enough yeah that's it you know it's like, it would be completely different there's something wrong with me yeah <laughs> Exactly, because children always take it personally because they don't understand. They right. don't have this logical perspective that will tell them, okay, this is not like that because these are not actually the behaviors that people do. It's just you take everything like it's your fault. You are not enough. You should do better right. or whatever. So then if you could now as an adult, if you have this kind of fear of rejection that you're working through or any other emotion, really, if you can change the meaning behind what happens, your perspective can also shift and the potential in your subconscious mind can open like, wow, maybe actually i'm not that not enough or you know maybe actually it's not something wrong with with me and actually always our emotions are about us and other people's emotions and how they behave it's about them yeah. so if you can just you yeah. know take responsibility for how you feel how you behave and how you respond then it's completely different than just like oh my god they don't like your they did this and that okay it's theirs if they are treating you shit it's their problem because they are yes. a little bit shitty people if they are treating you <laughs> shit. I mean, I'm just kidding, of course, that. but like... Yeah, but you can even have like the sympathy for for her. Like, you know, what is going on there that she feels the need to like be mean to someone, right? Because happy people aren't 
mean to people. Happy people, have they don't have time to be mean. And so it's exactly that. It's like having compassion for not only the little girl that was me, having compassion on all sides. Like what is going on where this girl has to impress her friends by being this brutal and this mean to another girl? So I yeah. love that, yeah. Yeah, and also I feel like this work, like your work with the RTT or my work with completion process, because it's very similar. It's like you're going back to the first events, you're coming as an adult to the event as well, and you're meeting the child's needs and so on. It's very similar. And I feel like this also, th these processes help you understand it on a deep level that even now, if in life someone triggers me, it's like, oh yeah, I know this is just their hurt inner child inside of them that now hurts oh, me yeah. because it's not about yeah, the yeah, adult yeah. just talking to me. It's just the part of them that was hurt before so this work mm -hmm. when you do it on your subconscious mind it can really bring you this compassion and understanding and forgiveness because you understand that like it's not you know let's say my partner who is mean to me it's actually the inner child that was hurt that is mean to me and they don't know how to handle oh, it because really? if he was in his adult conscious awareness he would just do everything peacefully and with love right or right or whoever right. like friend or or parent or whatever like i sometimes like to see parents also or grandparents as like little children because that helps yeah. to be more compassionate because yes. with them i think it's the hardest yeah. thing <laughs> absolutely it's so true though it, the 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 and that's such and again i love the the way that you're saying it but also i love the fact that it is a practice because of, you know, the defense mechanism, the first thing that you can do is actually go like, whoa, like that person, what the hell? But actually you're right. If you do the work, you really do have this enormous compassion for others and love for others. And you can absolutely identify and see that like, what is not being met here? What need is not being met? Why are you so angry? What's, what's the trigger? What did I do that made you feel that way? Because it's not me. So let's talk about you. So I love that. That's really good. It's good that you have people in your life that also practice the work. <laughs> I mean, look, if they don't, then I make them. <laughs> There's just no Seriously. other way. Either I make no, them or I, they just out of my life because like if someone doesn't work not. on yeah, themselves, that is true. it's just like you that cannot be so on the same true. level, you know? You you just That's cannot. True. You cannot, <laughs> you know, either someone will start so understand true. that if I'm triggered, it's just my inner child. And if they are triggered, it's just their inner child. Like, unless we are on the same level of understanding, it's, I mean, sure, I have some people that in my life from time to time that don't understand that. I mean, you know, some family members, of course, they will never uh, understand this perspective and that's okay. But like most of the people that I'm actually choosing, you know, to spend my time with, like they need to, to know this because I don't want to like... Mm, be out of alignment so much because if people understand that okay we are human beings that are programmed in our subconscious mind that it's not actually personally for me when you're mean to me that it's not about you know this or that that i understand then you have such a depth of the connection such, such a depth of vulnerability in your relationships that i wouldn't exchange it for anything else and it's not even about like oh you're not enough if you don't do shadow work because oh you know you don't know how to do it it's more like I want to connect with you on a deep level. And if you cannot be yes. authentic enough to go there into your vulnerability, into your uh, true self, into your childhood trauma, into your just, you know, most real authentic self, then we're not going to connect on the same level that I would like to connect because like the authenticity, the truth is the most important thing, it, at least or one of the most important things in relationships where you can speak out when you can be real because otherwise you're just, you know, attracting the mask. Like you are putting the mask and the people you attract to your 
to you, first of all, are attracted based on the mask that you put on. And second of all, they don't even know the real you. So I feel like if people don't do shadow work, don't do, don't work on themselves, it's actually such a big misalignment that, you know, like even, even my mom was today like, "Mm, I think that this feeling came from actually this trauma. I'm like, yay. Even my mom starts, you know, opening up to this stuff. Maybe I'm going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, like with, with family, it's like the, the, I think the most challenging sometimes to, to show them things, but I'm just so happy that, uh, you know, I have actually people who are open enough to just, uh, you know, when I learned the completion process method, now all my friends, uh, all my close friends use it as well, because they're like, oh my God, it changes life. Like it takes all these filter of reality off, you know, these shitty habits or behaviors or whatever beliefs and so i feel like now it's rarely that i actually talk to someone who doesn't do shadow work yes yes <laughs> yes so true it is so true and if you're and if you're in a relationship i feel like it's one of the most important things that you can actually do to understand yeah. the shadow and understand the subconscious mind and like so yeah based on you know your experience as a hypnotherapist and doing rtt what do you feel like are the most important things uh, to remember or to have in mind when you're in a relationship and when you are in this like triggered situations where you're like oh my god like you know you know that something is boiling it's gonna burst very soon yes. so it's like what are your tips yes. to 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 bring yourself back to aligned space and also to just understand each other in these like triggered states Yes. Yeah. That's a good question. I think that the, with relationships and first of all, triggers are great. But people will be like, what, what do you mean? Triggers are great. Triggers are great because you really then know, right? Like you're like, Oh, what's that about? (laughs) Why, what is happening here? Like, why am I feeling unheard, unseen? What's going on? So I think that triggers are really, uh, it's, it's a big, beautiful, thing that happens because then you can actually take some time and go, okay, what is it that's happening? Take some time away. So I think two things I think with relationships that I find incredibly important. One, like you just, when you were saying about the artists and speaking from my clients and my own experience, if you don't ask for what you need, you're not going to get it. And so what happens is people assume or have an expectation that like their significant other is just, should just know. They should just know. They should see the world the same way as I do. Like, here I am. You should just love me the way that I want to be loved. But they forget that like, they don't know. So you have to be brave and you have to ask for what you need because no one can read your mind. And unless you're speaking up for what you need, you can't expect them to just deliver. And so when you start to feel like slighted or you're like mad at them because they didn't notice something or, you know, it's just say, hey, I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling hurt. You didn't notice this. about, Or like we have this really special anniversary today and you didn't even say anything or whatever the case may be because so many times we get so self-absorbed and so like in our own heads that we don't stop to think like maybe they're having like a really busy day. Maybe there's something going on with them that you need to check in. So it's like, what's going on with me? What's the trigger? Okay, great. I now know what needs not being met. I don't feel seen. I don't feel heard, whatever the case may be. But I'm also going to understand, like, I need to speak up for it. I need to ask. And I also need to see the whole picture. It's like the bigger, just get outside your head and get outside into the bigger picture. This person also has a life. 
has an inner dialogue, also is experiencing life, and they're not going to see it the same as you. So I would say that's the first. No one's going to see life the same as you until you allow them to see it through your eyes. And always put the shoe on the other foot, right? You always want to go, okay, how how would they feel if, right? Another thing is, the a big thing I think is that we tend to have projections. And so what we'll do is we in relationship will tend to like dislike say we dislike something about our partner. And so we're just just judging and projecting and being uh critical or whatever whatever it is that you dislike. And what I found that when you are doing that, when you are criticizing or judging you got to ask yourself, what is it that actually I'm not accepting within myself? And where's the judgment really for? Like, who is this really for? Because so many times, well, I remember I had, a, this was a long time ago, but I had a significant other and he'd watched like TV for hours. And I remember thinking like, he is so lazy. Like, what is he doing? I can't believe he does that. And meanwhile, I'm like on my phone for four hours, like totally judging him and like <laughs> being like, he's so lazy. And ultimately it was me feeling guilty about my own addictions to maybe TV or, or phone or whatever, whatever I'm doing that I feel badly about or where I feel like I'm not achieving or I'm not productive. And once I could wrap my head around the fact that it's, it has nothing to do with him, It has everything, because when you're judging something harshly, I promise you it's you judging yourself. Every single time when I judge someone, I can always flip it back and go like, what is it? What's really going on? Self-rejection. What's the rejection inside myself right now? And when I find it, it's actually quite laughable. And then you just allow them to be them. It's like, okay, I'm going to be on my phone for four hours doing nothing. And you just watch TV for four hours because... I'm not going to judge that. I'm going to allow you to be who you are. I'm not going to try and change you. I'm just going to be responsible. Like you said, responsible for me, my feelings, and my own happiness. You would be responsible for your own happiness. I'll be responsible for mine. And let's complete each, let's, you know, compliment each other, not complete each other. That's how I feel like is the best way to come. We're both responsible for our happiness. So if you're miserable, I'm not going to be miserable with you. That's not going to happen. And vice versa. I don't expect you to be in a bad mood because I'm in a bad mood. You do you, I'll do me, and let's let's communicate it. And we're just going to get through this life loving each other and accepting and allowing and <laughs> surrendering and oh, all the words that come with letting go. <laughs> that, would be, that would be something that I think is, is, is dominant in relationships right now in my work. Oh, thank you so much for sharing all that. I totally agree with everything, especially with this mirroring thing. Like, because when you judge something in someone, you actually judge yourself. So if you can look within yourself, what is the problem? You're suddenly not having a problem with the other person. Suddenly you're accepting accepted it within (laughs) yourself. And it's like, what the hell just happened? You know, it was just me having resistance to me, not actually to the other person. So I love everything that you shared about the projecting and also about like expressing. Because yeah, that's also, I feel like such a big big topic communication in relationships but people don't do that and that reminded me of an exercise that I really like to do with my ex-partner and dear friend we did uh, every maybe half a year or so we tried to do it quite often to write down um, one of my mentors my number one mentor actually Teal Swan she had this uh, video on YouTube about relationship advice or relationship 
something and then she proposed this exercise to write down everything that you need in a relationship with this specific person and then rate it from zero to ten when it comes to priority like how important this need yeah. is and on the other side write all your desires and also rate it from zero to ten and like how important it is because sometimes people don't know how important the need or the desire is and it might turn out that okay if you for example i don't know wash dishes after someone it's not as important for them as saying I love you to them. <laughs> and for the other person, right. it might be completely opposite. Your acts of service might be the love language, not words of affirmation. So it right. could be something different. So if you can actually have it sometimes even on a piece of paper and then talk to each other about this and express everything, then it's like, okay, now I'm clear about what you need and what you want. And something sometimes it's like, whoa, actually, really? Like, this is what you need? And it could be very unexpected for us because we don't, as you say, we don't sit in the mind of the other person. We cannot expect this person to know how we are shaped, what are our traumas fully, how we are thinking, what do we need? So I love everything that you shared because I feel like it's so, so valuable. And this exercise, it just, yeah, came to me as like a little... Um, complementation of what you just said as well because yeah, oh, I feel yeah like I it makes it so clear you know like this is what I need yes. this is what I want this is how important it is for me bang it's clear <laughs> yes yes I love that I love that uh, anytime you can write something out like anytime that you can like journal and get it clear on paper I find that actually is so helpful so I think that exercise is wonderful I've never heard of it but I love it so I really, really recommend it. It makes things so much simpler, you know. <laughs> Especially <laughs> the zero to ten. I love that. Yeah, I mean, like, you can know, you let this one go. Like, are you cool with letting this one that's like at one? Are you cool with letting that one go? So I love that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, Teal Swan, who is uh, my mentor, is a genius. So like, I recommend her to everyone. She has so much content about relationships. If anyone wants to yes. dive deeper, it's all on YouTube. So it's it's really really amazing. But for now, I have one little last little question to you. If people really vibe with your energy, just like I do, and they would like to find you and see your <laughs> content and you know check you out. What's the best way to contact you and to find you? Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I am on Instagram at Tyler Hunter, but Tyler is T-Y-E-L-E-R. So Tyler Hunter is T-Y-E-L-E-R and then Hunter. And then I'm at, uh, my website is tyhunter.com. So T-Y-E hunter.com. I know that people think Ty is without an E, but it is Ty Iller. Ty Iller. <laughs> so Ty with an E, L-E-R. Um, those would be the two best places to find me and contact me. And I look forward, obviously, to vibing with whoever vibes with me, which is how, how it all works, right? We manifest we manifest each other, and it's it's a beautiful thing. I love that thank you so so much i'm just feeling so excited and i could even talk to you for a few hours more i feel i have this feeling we could make it even longer but unfortunately it's getting late uh, here it's like 10 p.m in poland at the moment so yeah, we gotta no go but i i just loved our conversation so much and thank you so much for for the advice you have given and for your beautiful energy it's been really a pleasure to talk to you Yes, same. Thank you very, very much, darling. It was beautiful. And I love and I already learned all these things. And it was it was a gorgeous conversation. I'm so appreciative. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>